Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the ages of all ages. Amen. So today is the celebration of Pentecost. Everyone is um, thinking of what this means. What does it mean? You know, every time the church takes us home, or dismisses us from home, what is it? it dismisses us from the service. What does the church tell us? Now oh, may the love of God the Father, and then what? Anybody? I heard one person say it. Now may the love of God the Father, and then what? Anybody else? Should we see it on the screen maybe? What is it? Now may the love of God the Father. I don't want to say it because you might just leave right now. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of His only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, and the gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit do what? Be with you. Go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit, right? This is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean that we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? What is fellowship? What does it mean to have fellowship? We, we know that the church has fellowship, or is supposed to have a spirit of fellowship. Even in monasticism, one of the famous monks is the father of Cenobitic monasticism, or fellowship. Working together, having in one spirit, in one heart, in one mind, serving, worshipping, praying, working together as a community. To build each other up. That's fellowship. So this fellowship is not going to happen without the Holy Spirit. If it's meant to happen, if people want to have it without the Holy Spirit, then it's not fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's not, a, it's not a spiritual endeavor anymore. It's a social entity. It's like a club, uh, a society, a group of people that get together for whatever self-interests or ulterior motives or hidden agendas they may have. It's no longer for the sake of the edification. St. Paul says, let it be for the edification of the church, the body of Christ. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Let that be the reason why you want to excel. So, fellowship of the Holy Spirit is a great gift. You know, once someone said, Bethlehem, Jesus born in Bethlehem, is God with us. Like it says in Isaiah. Jesus at Golgotha or Calvary is Jesus or Christ for us. He died for us on the cross. Pentecost is God in us. He comes and abides in us. This is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And so a fellowship is basically an interaction between a group of people. So this fellowship is between the Holy Trinity and us. Every single one of us. It's a call. It's an invitation. It's, it's for everyone. There's no exclusivity here. This is not a club or a clique or meant for certain people and not others. The Holy Spirit is for all. For all individuals. Given to us at all times. But again, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a conscious decision to say, yes, I want this or no, I don't. But it's really for, for each one of us uh, for the taking. Um, I want to show you a very nice quote from St. Basil the Great. He says, what is it that happens to us 
by the Holy Spirit. What has happened on this day when we say the Holy Spirit descended on the church? What happens? So St. Basil gives us a very nice quote. He says, through the Holy Spirit comes our restoration to paradise. That's one thing. He says, then our ascension into the kingdom of heaven. Then he says, our return to the adoption of sons and daughters. What, what the Lord, that's why he says, come inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. Our liberty to call God our Father. We, we've become, it's free now. We, can, we don't realize how many times we say our Father who art in heaven. But this is not something that comes lightly. A lot had to happen for you and I to be able to say our Father who art in heaven. Just so easily, you know, we, you know, we go into the car, out of the car, into the church, out of the church, into the house, out of the house. Our Father who art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven. It's just a memorized prayer and it's known in all languages all over the world. But do we realize the meaning, the fact that we get, that's why St. John said in today's Catholic epistle, Behold what manner of love is this, that we should be called children of God. The dust can say our Father to the King of the universe? This is not normal. From as far as human standards are concerned, or what you deserve from a human perspective, you know, in general. This is a great love that we have been given, or we have a liberty to say to God, our Father who art in heaven, Dad, Abba, Father. St. Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, we get to say, Abba, Father. Abba is a very um, personal, intimate address to the Father. Are being made partakers of the grace of Christ. We get to partake of everything. That's why he says, all that is mine, he will declare to you. Everything that is mine, everything that is yours, declared to us, is yes. Every single thing that is mine is declared to you. This is the love and the glory of God. That's how, he, that's how God glorifies himself. In this world, glory is about how much I can show that I have talents, money, prestige, name, cars, trucks, homes, whatever. This is glory. Of course, it's self, vain, empty, per temporary glory. But the glory of God is totally different. The glory of God is, I give you everything. This is how I manifest my glory. I share everything with you. I love you with all my heart. I give you everything. This is how, he says, this is how I am glorified. Then are being called children of light. No longer children of darkness. Are sharing in eternal glory. This is basically what happens in a nutshell because of Pentecost. This is what happens because of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So when the church says, and the fellowship, the gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, the church is saying, do you want, do you want to have this fellowship? It's yours. Say, repeat constantly. The church gives us today the litanies of the third hour to pray in the beginning right after the book of Acts to remind us your Holy Spirit, O Lord, we send forth on your holy disciples and your apostles in the third hour. Do not take him away from us, but not only don't take him away from us, renew him within us. Renew him within us. Restore unto me this joy of knowing that I'm not just meant to be here today, gone tomorrow, but that I have been loved from before the foundation of the world. There is a place prepared for me from before the foundation of the world. And my life continues because of that sustaining love of God. This is not just um, something to meditate on, but something to live by. St. Paul tells us that in Romans 5. He says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
The Holy Spirit has been given to us. That's why we, we, this hope doesn't disappoint. Now again, St. Paul speaks extensively about the work of the third person of the Holy Trinity in many great ways. And sorry, there's a typo on the side. The Spirit should not be a, a lowercase s. This is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, capital S. Now, in Romans chapter 8, St. Paul continues to speak about this, and he says, the Spirit of Him, so this, who is this Holy Spirit? He says, this Spirit, the Spirit this is the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead. This, that's why he said, I have power to lay down my life and take it up again. That's what the Lord Jesus said before His crucifixion. Now he says, so St. Paul is saying, that Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the Spirit that dwells in you. When you're baptized and come out of those baptismal waters and chrismated by the Holy Mayroon 36 times, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is what raised Christ from the dead. St. Paul says this is not something to be taken lightly. So if you take your time later this evening and read Romans chapter 8, you're going to see the magnitude of this. So here's some ex more excerpts of the chapter. Later on in the chapter, he says, so he says, since that Holy Spirit dwells in you, if this Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is indeed living in you or dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Which means you don't die. You remain in Christ. Earlier in the same chapter, St. Paul says, now if this is the reality, there's no condemnation. He says, therefore there is no condemnation. Now, now, because of this Holy Spirit, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because we are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Which means, like St. Paul says it at the end of this chapter, he says, now he's persuaded, he's convinced that neither death, nor life, nor things created, nor angels, nor, nor anything created. And gives a list of, extensive list of things. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If this is, again, I choose this, I accept this call. Some people say, I don't want. Okay, your loss. That's the answer, basically. Maybe it's a little blunt, but in reality, that's what it is. But we're told, there's nothing, to, nothing condemns you. There is no sin without forgiveness except the sin that is without repentance. If we offer the repentance, the Holy Spirit says, welcome home. Take everything that is mine. I declare it to you. I declare it to you. I'd like to share a small, a small anecdote, a true story that happened a week ago. Me and Sylvia were out of town in, a, in another country, and we were standing at a city bus stop waiting for the bus. We're just waiting for the bus, the city bus. All of a sudden, as we're standing there, this guy comes and taps me on the shoulder. So I turn around. He punches me in the face. No, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Don't worry. He, I, he taps me on the shoulder. So I, I turn around. He, goes, uh, he speaks in English to me, and we're not in an English country. So he says, are you an Orthodox priest? I said, yes. He says, uh, can I speak to you privately for a moment? I said, sure. No problem. So we step away. So let's say this is the bus stop. Sylvie's still here. We go where St. Mary is over there. And he starts talking to me. He says, I am Ukrainian Orthodox. And I used to go to church regularly. And I used to receive the Holy Eucharist regularly. And I've moved here to this country. And I have lost touch with God. I haven't been receiving the Eucharist. I, I've fallen in many sins. And I need to confess. I said, sure. So we're standing there. He's, he starts confessing in the middle of the street in this town. So I'm listening to his confession. 
he begins to tear as he's confessing, so he's taking it very seriously. You can imagine this man who sees a strange man wearing a black robe in the middle of a street in a foreign country. He could have just like wondered what this is, but he took the initiative and went straight. So he took a couple of minutes. His confession was concise to the point. That's what confession is all about, by the way. It's not a story tell. It's just like, this is what happened. And this is why I feel offense in my heart towards God. And I need God's mercy. So I said, congratulations. I told him, congratulations. He told me, can God receive my, is this okay? Like, am I, I, I feel heavy. I told him, I took the cross that's on my chest. I said, you see what's on this cross? This is a representation to you and to me and to this planet that there's nothing you or I could do that one drop of his blood is enough to cleanse humanity. To forgive the sins of the world. That's why St. John the Baptist, when seeing Jesus come towards him in front of the disciples, says, Behold the Lamb of God who bears the sins of the world. He cries it out because he knows that in this divine incarnation, walking before us, is salvation. For those who believe, those who want, those who will choose, those who will accept and my, my wonder at this story, and I don't remember, I didn't have a chance to take down his name, his number, but I remember his face very clearly. I told him, now that you've confessed, it's, forget about it, don't look back, go receive communion today. I told him, go receive communion today. And as we're finishing this, this was like not even two, two and a half minutes. And then all of a sudden, the bus is here. Okay, bye, bye. That was it. I never saw him again. I got on the bus and drove off. It was moments. This man took it, seized the moment. He saw an opportunity for repentance. Others take, he sees an opportunity for money, for profit, for investment, for reputation, for standard, for who I know, what I know, where I am, who can I be with, who can I associate with. This man looked to a total stranger and said, let me see if I can reconnect with God. This, this is wisdom. This is the wisdom of God. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in this man's heart. Re renewing with him his relationship there's no condemnation if i choose to go back that's why saint paul continues and says in the same chapter who shall bring a charge against god's elect it is god who justifies it's like so he who is the divine judge who will judge at the last day is he who died on the cross for this judgment do you see so basically he who's meant to judge me on the last day is he who died for me so the judge who will judge me is actually my lawyer defending my case at the same exact moment. Do you see that? So all I have to do is develop and build a relationship with the lawyer. So that on the day of judgment, there is no judgment. There's no condemnation. If I've chosen that path, it is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Who can condemn you if he who died for you is the one who has the right to condemn you but says... I, where are your accusers? Does anyone condemn you? Does any, are there any one of them here? No, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, spends his time doing every hour of the day. This is what he's doing, interceding on behalf of humanity. Those who love him, those who hate him, those who blaspheme him, those who know him, those who don't want to know him, those who are ignorant towards him, those who are hateful towards him, who hate him, he's interceding nonstop. And this is the work again through of the, of the Holy Spirit. So we are called to say 
by this, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is to tell us, work with me. The Holy Spirit says, let us work together. Let us work together every day. Solomon said in Proverbs 8, blessed is the man or the woman who listens to me. That's what he's saying. Watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. This is an invitation for every single one of us. The Lord said in this morning's gospel, he said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So whatever Jesus taught his disciples as they followed him, the Holy Spirit reminded them of it regularly. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. That's why you're, so you're not alone. You, you don't have to reason, how am I going to do this? How can I live a holy life? You can't. So what, do I do, what am I doing? The point is, he said, be perfect. Just as your Father in heaven is perfect. In the book of Leviticus, be holy just as I am holy. How can I be holy? How can I be perfect? I can't. And that's why He sends His Holy Spirit. That's why He's called the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is He who makes me holy. Is He who enables me to choose holiness. Is He who helps me and leads me and reminds me of what holiness is all about. So that I can walk in the footstep of the saints who have chosen holiness. Just like Abu Nabi Kamil said, you've heard this quote millions of times, saints are not humans without sin. They're humans who have struggled against sin. They have chosen this path. And this path is everlasting life. That's why St. Paul also says in the same chapter, to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You want to have peace of mind? You want to have reassurance when you put your head on the pillow? It's through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's through, it's through saying, Lord, I want to be with you, not only when I get to stand before you on the day of judgment, but now. The kingdom of heaven is now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Who knows if tomorrow comes, but now is here. So take it. Take it and run with it. Just like that man at a bus stop in a city, in a foreign country to him, he sees the moment took it and ran with it. Run with it. You have every opportunity now. Later we don't know. So that's why when we read that quote, I mentioned the quote earlier. St. Paul says it. This is another version of the same quote, the one we just said earlier. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, or in New King James Version, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, in, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. The only thing that can separate me is me. He doesn't want to separate. He never did. That's why he, he, he did everything he, he did, and that's why he continues to do the things that he does. That's why the Lord said after he raised the, healed the paralytic man, he said, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. The, the work of salvation continues. Until the second coming, when no one can work, when the work is done. So let's seize the moment now. Enjoy the moment. Nothing can separate you from His love. Say, Lord, your fellowship, your Holy Spirit, renew Him within me. Guide me into all truth. Remind me of everything I hear about at church or in Sunday school or from my priest or from my, I don't know what, or from what I've heard or what I've read. Remind me. So that I can walk the path of holiness because you are the only one who can make me holy. 
You are the only one because you are the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.